0: Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino
1: I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people have to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: it's time for Libel on Fire. Welcome to this episode of Libel on Fire. I am with the man, Libel Sternbach, the Amazon best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel is so good to be with you this weekend. How are you doing this week? Unbelievable. I feel so much smarter. I feel really bright when I talk with you (laughs) libel. (laughs) And then uh, that's that's how I feel when I begin. And then I understand that there's just so much more to learn. And I want to learn about saving on taxes. And I'm wondering if saving on taxes is more important than chasing market returns.
3: So my personal belief, and and maybe I'm biased being an enrolled agent with the IRS, but the way I view it is I don't care what is the cause of you losing money. I don't care if it's you went out and you ate a, a fancy dinner. I don't care if it's because your car broke down and you had to repair it, or you had a hospital bill, or the stock market went down, or you paid too much in taxes. Any dollar that comes out of your portfolio, anything that comes out of your account, I consider a loss. And so when I see taxes and I see all the money that people are paying in taxes, that boils my blood because you are not okay losing two or five or 10% of the market, yet you will write a check for 10, 20, 30, 40% Uh into the IRS. And it is mind boggling of why we tolerate tax loss, but we don't tolerate investment loss.
2: Interesting, and I'm wondering when you're talking about this kind of loss, and I see if I have to pay the IRS that it that, that is a loss to me. So what are some of the ways, Liable, that people can save on their taxes?
3: So really the main way of reducing your taxes is by controlling what is considered taxable income. Some of those hmm. making contributions to your retirement accounts right, you have until uh, tax day to make those contributions for last year. That includes catch-up contributions. So if you're 50 and older, you get to contribute more to your retirement accounts than someone who is working to help you make up for the fact that you probably haven't saved enough. Now, something really cool is a spousal IRA. So whether or not your spouse has income You can contribute to an IRA for them as long as one of you has income. Another thing, health savings account, college savings account. Those are things that you can contribute today. Wow.
2: Those those are some really cool tips. So do these savings have to be for this year or can they be applied uh, for last year?
3: They can be applied for last year as long as you do it before tax day. And, and when you do it, you need to make sure to mark it as a contribution for the previous year.
2: Is there a limit on how much you can put into these accounts for the previous year?
3: So the, the contribution limits are the same regardless. It's whatever your contribution limit is based on how much you earn. That will determine how much you can contribute. Doesn't matter when, whether you did it in the calendar year or you did it before tax day. The contribution limit is the same.
2: As we get into this, didn't I see something on your website about ways to reduce your current tax bill?
3: Yeah, that, so on my website, if you want to go through this list, we've got this list that, we, that I just went through, just search for the tax saving tips. And then we have also a guide called how to pay zero in taxes in retirement, which will talk about how you can reposition your assets so that they are not taxable as income in retirement. Because uh, for many retirees, we've been taking advantage of these tax breaks that Congress has given us when we put, contribute money to our IRA or our 401k, mm-hmm. and that defers our taxes. So we, we got to take it off of our income tax. However, the IRS is now a partner with us on investing this money. And they want us to invest and they want it to grow. But when that investment grows, we're going to have to share that profit with the IRS, and they're going to want it at a higher tax rate. They're not going to want it as investment income. They're going to want it as taxable income, which can easily push a retiree up into a higher tax bracket, and it can also make up to 85% of their Social Security taxable.
2: Oh, my gosh. So it's, it sounds like uh, <laughs> your retirement, if you're not doing this, right, you might have to go get another job.
3: <laughs> Let's hope not, because that will also get taxed. <laughs>
2: When it comes to investing liable, what's more important to you, maximizing your returns or minimizing your taxes? You got be on that last answer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Minimize, to me, minimizing in retirement, minimizing losses, minimizing taxes is always going to pay off better. We can't control the markets. The market can always recover. However, once you owe taxes, that money you're never going to go, you're never going to go get back. Congress will want their pound of flesh and it is how it is. So if we can avoid owing that money to Congress, all the better.
2: You mentioned at the outset that you are an enrolled agent. Tell everyone what that means.
3: So, uh, funny fact, interesting fact, really. Do you know that prior to, I think it was like 1930, there was no such thing as CPAs, and but the IRS has existed uh, for a very long time. And so it used to be that if you needed taxes prepared, you went to a lawyer. After, after the Civil War, where there was a whole bunch of tax credits that Congress was, essentially Congress was giving money to people, and they did it in the form of tax return. So you had to fill out a tax return with a whole bunch of questionnaires, and you submitted that to the IRS to, and in return, they would process that and then send you a refund, what we do with wealth transfer in this country, where, you know, lower income people who are below the federal poverty line, they get a lot of money in the form of refundable tax credits that started back in the Civil War, right after the Civil War. However, the IRS was getting flooded with fraudulent claims, and regular people who actually legitimately needed it, couldn't submit it because there was nobody for them to turn to, and they couldn't afford a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So the IRS went to Congress and said, let us create this program called an enrolled agent with the IRS. And these would be tax professionals who would be trained in preparing tax returns for the public. And so enrolled agents were the very first CPAs. Even before CPAs were a thing, they were the thing that was accountants and preparing taxes. And so, yeah, as an enrolled agent, I can prepare taxes I can represent people before the IRS and tax court. I can basically do everything tax-related that a CPA can, and I have more specific training when it comes to taxes than a CPA is a holistic accounting person, whereas an enrolled agent is very specific for taxes. And there are CPAs who become enrolled agents to get that additional designation.
2: Interesting. So with that understanding, I've got a loaded question for you, Libel. hmm So do you think that our tax system is
3: fair? So (laughs) for that one, I am going to refer you to the Department of Treasury's website. The Department of Treasury, which is the government agency that oversees the IRS, they have some interesting articles on this. And the short version is that they outright say on there that the United States tax system is not fair. The purpose of taxes in the United States is to promote socioeconomic policies and generate revenue for the United States, hmm. which is probably something you never thought about. That that the IRS is really a critical part of our economic engine. And they really are. We've, we've got these tax credits and tax deductions that Congress creates and then the IRS regulates, but the purpose of them. Is to incentivize or disincentivize specific activities. For instance, earning wages, right? Earning wages, you earn a living. You work honest day's work. Uh, You put in an honest day's labor, and you get an honest day's salary. And then you go and you spend it, and you have your roof over your head, food on the table. The truth is, right? While that has the that is the the capitalist dream of working an honest day's work the fact is it doesn't do much for the economy one person having a job doesn't move our economy forward it doesn't make america great having 300 million people who have jobs who are buying things that makes our economy great and so the irs is going to incentivize congress through the irs incentivizes people to build businesses and one of the ways they do that right is They incentivize us to invest in businesses by giving us tax breaks for investing in businesses. So there's credits for investing in businesses. There's deductions for investing in businesses. And they penalize us for earning our income as wages. So we get charged up to 37% on wages as taxes, right? Tax bracket goes up to 37% if you earn a wage, However, if you invest in a business, that max tax bracket is 21%, which is a much better deal. And not only that, but if you don't take your money out of the economy, if you somehow keep it floating around and you're constantly reinvesting that money into the United States economy, it never gets taxed unless Biden has his way and the socialists. and
2: He <laughs> just mentioned he wants to uh, tax the rich people right now. so. Do you yeah, think that the rich pay their their fair share of taxes. When you just illustrated to us that it is meant uh, for businesses, they're saying, "Okay, this is our thank you, so to speak, for investing in America."
3: Yeah, it, it's so when you look at a percentage wise basis, employees pay the majority of taxes. The you get taxed at the highest amount, right? So proportionately. They're paying more of their income in taxes, which I don't think is fair. It's not fair that one person pays less and one person pays more Hmm. from a tax standpoint. However, from an economic standpoint, it makes a lot of sense, right? We don't want a bunch of day laborers in our country. We want a bunch of CEOs who have companies and are hiring millions and hundreds of millions of people across the world. And that's what our tax system is incentivized to do.
2: Interesting. We're talking with Leibel Sternbach and we're talking about taxes and saving money on taxes and chasing market returns and so forth. We have, we got a couple of minutes left. So what do you think about this? Do you think, so how do you, how do the rich manage to, to pay so little in taxes? And I think you started to answer that question just a second ago.
3: So the short answer is that the rich people have two things going for them. Number one is they view the tax code as a treasure map. And so they're constantly looking for what are the things that I can do that I will pay the least amount of money in tax. And then they figure out how to do that, because when you engage in those activities, chances are you're going to make money and you're going to pay less in taxes. The other thing is they can afford to pay for lawyers. So they're going to constantly be finding every single loophole. And it is impossible to close every single loophole because it's created by people who want loopholes.
2: <laughs> so that's a difficult task, a heavy lift doing that, as you just outlined.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That is an impossible task task to, to close the loopholes when you got this, you know, what was it? Insane people running the asylum. Exactly. The inmates.
2: <laughs> yields for you is a good resource. And you talked about uh, you've got a, a document there that talks about how we can reduce our current tax liability.
3: Correct. Yep. And we got that guide for the future.
2: That's Libel Sternback. He's on fire. And if you like more information, as we just mentioned, you can go to yieldsforu.com. That's yields the number four, the letter U.com. I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll see you next time with Libel on fire.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now back to Libel on Fire.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Libel on Fire. I'm with Libel Sternbach, as I mentioned. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel, hello. Welcome to the program.
3: How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, and I've got my pencil sharpened as I'm trying (laughs) to get my taxes figured out for this year, Libel. And I know that if a lot of people are like me, they could use some help and use some advice can you tell us of what, how we can reduce some of our taxes and uh, what is a tax loss harvester?
3: So tax loss harvesting, that is where we look at our portfolio. And we look at things that have gone down in value, right? Those things that you don't want to look at that you, you try to forget about that your account lost money you pretend it doesn't exist. We go looking for them and we go hunting for them because- <laughs> what we wanna do is we wanna capture those losses from a tax standpoint and then use them to offset gains either this year or in the future, or we can even use a small amount to offset our income. So tax loss harvesting is looking for those gains and then we're going to sell them or we're going to buy something that is, and here's the key word, not substantially similar. And that is a technical term as defined by the IRS. So we want to buy something not substantially similar, but that will still participate in our market recovery. So when the market goes up or that position goes up, it will still participate, still recover. So we're not locking in those losses. We're just changing what, it's, what the loss is attached to. And we're getting a tax benefit for that loss. So you
2: can go from one vehicle to the other year over year
3: you can yeah within day from day I, I don't know if you want to have some fun you can google uh, robin hood 1099s and you'll find lots of accountants lamenting the fact that people are day trading on their robin hood accounts which robin hood doesn't allow for iras yet and so you got these taxable accounts and they're trading dozens of times a day sometimes more and you end up with these like 800 page 1099s on all these trades you got gains and losses
2: Oh my goodness. We're talking with Libel Sternbach, and I just asked about tax loss harvesting. And as I was Googling that Libel, I saw something called wash sales. Is that a mistake? Mm. What is that?
3: So wash sales is not referring to money laundering. <laughs> <laughs> not money laundering, but the IRS, right? And this is this goes back to, to our conversation about loopholes. So the IRS came out with guidelines and said, if you have a loss and you invested in our economy, but you gave a company money and they didn't perform, they lost money, they went down in value. Well, you shouldn't have to pay taxes on that. Good. Yay. However, because you're, you can move that into a different investment, or let's say the, that specific position recovers, the IRS said, if you're going to sell this and then rebuy it within essentially 60 days then you didn't really get that loss right because you then participated in the recovery so we're not going to allow you to harvest those losses on that position if you bought it if you bought it within 31 days of selling it and there's because of the rules it ends up being basically a 60 day window so if you didn't legitimately actually suffer the loss then you can't actually legitimately claim the loss on your taxes now There can be it can get a little tricky when you have multiple accounts, because when it comes to your retirement accounts, Congress looks at all your accounts as one thing. And and really, when it comes to wash sales, they look at all of your accounts, retirement and non-retirement accounts as being one account. And Hmm. so if you own that position in another account or let's say you have one money manager who is managing one of your accounts and you have another one that's managing another one, if they aren't coordinating with each other, which let's be honest, you didn't tell them about each other and they're not coordinating with each other. And one of them decides to do some tax loss harvesting and the other person's, yeah, you know what? (laughs) This thing is down today. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to buy something. I'm going to buy this because it's down. And one manager's, I want to sell that loss and harvest the gains, uh, the, the tax loss. You just had people negate it. And not only that, but if one person's doing your IRA, and one person's doing your individual tax account, they might have even disallowed the entire tax loss to begin with. And essentially, you got you lost that loss forever. Oh, no! So, yeah. <laughs> so you got to make sure that you, when you're doing tax loss harvesting, that it's done by somebody who knows what they're doing, but they're coordinating with all your accounts.
2: Dollar for dollar, LIBO, which do you think provides a better return? Chasing returns in the market or chasing tax savings?
3: I always think tax savings will perform better. Statistically uh, speaking, chasing returns in the market, at least as a layperson doing that, uh, even as a professional, it's very hard to outperform the market, except in economies like now, cycles now where there's a lot of volatility and there's a lot of opportunity. But generally speaking, You can't count on that stuff. You can't count on outperforming the market. You can, with certainty, count on is taxes, right? Death and taxes are the two things you can count on.
2: That's correct. We're talking with Leibel Sternbach. And before we get too much further, there is information that you've got online right now that our listeners can go to.
3: Yeah. So on my website, we have two things that I want you to take a look at. Number one, we have a guide on how to reduce your taxes now, even before tax date. So even though we're past the December 31st, there are still ways you can reduce last year's taxes. So go to our website, look for that. The other thing we have is we have the how to pay zero taxes in retirement guide. And this will talk about how you can convert your tax Income your retirement savings, from tax me later money to tax me when I choose, where you can essentially control when and how much you pay in taxes on that money. because if you do not decide when to pay taxes on that, Congress has a mind of their own, and they will decide it, and it will not be advantageous for you.
2: I can only imagine. LIBO, are you ready for a question? I've got a question from one of our listeners.
3: Oh, go ahead.
2: All right. He says, I'm being told to do a Roth conversion. He makes hundred thousand dollars a year and he's planning on retiring in 2023. What are your thoughts? Are taxes on sale? And should I do a Roth conversion? Bob wants to know.
3: Bob wants to know. So Bob, are taxes on sale? That is a very loaded question. So Ah. I would love to give you a foolproof answer and say, yes, taxes are on sale. Yes, you should do a Roth conversion, but I cannot give you these dry cut answers. They make good headlines, but the truth is that your tax situation is unique. What is the right answer for you will not be the right answer for someone else. So having said that, we're going to talk about some generalities. Are taxes on sale right now? I think they are. And depending what tax bracket you're in. So if you are right now in a low tax bracket, then chances are you are probably paying as little in taxes as you ever will be in the future. Of course, if you lose your job in the future or you figure out how to get your money in uh, ways that do not trigger taxable income or do not get taxed, then that might not be the case. But let's talk about in general terms for the vast majority of people, Taxes right now are at historical lows. When you look, and on my website in that guide, I have a chart on this, the historical tax rates of the United States have been higher, both the highest tax bracket and the lowest tax bracket. And as we've discussed, the rich do not pay more in taxes. In fact, every single time that Congress has increased the tax rate beyond what we're at right now, it has brought only marginal amounts in taxable income for the government. And that is because the rich people move their money around, change their behaviors, and use the IRS tax code as a treasure map. So they do not end up paying more money. The people who end up paying more money are the people like me and you who do not have a lot of choices of where our money is sitting and how we earn our income. Mm. So the less choices you have, the more of a sitting duck you are for Congress. So from that standpoint, we have one, I think taxes have to go up. They have to go up because we are $30 trillion in debt. That $30 trillion that our nation holds in debt is financed at a very low interest rate. However, as we're aggressively pursuing higher interest rates to try to control inflation, we're going to have to start paying higher interest rates on those government loans that we've taken out and those debt payments that we have right now that are manageable are gonna quickly become unmanageable. And that means that the Congress is gonna to have to find ways to pay that money. The only sources that they have to look for is to either cut benefits or increase taxes. And the truth is that they're gonna to have to do both. Social Security and Medicare make up over 70% of the federal budget the military is going to go increase in funding because of what's happening in Russia and China. So the end result is that they're going to have to decrease the thing that's making up over 70% of the budget, and they're going to have to increase taxes because there's only so far you can cut benefits without having to pay for it in other ways. Because the people who rely on Social Security and Medicare, which is the vast majority of retirees, they really need that money. And if they don't have it, then they're just going to end up in shelters where they're going to end up as a burden to other people or the states. So we don't really have a choice in funding. We can't cut Medicare and Social Security too much. So the end result is it's going to have to be taxes, right? And then when you look at inflation, it's a double-edged sword. Mm
2: -hmm. Inflation
3: means that we're going to have to increase interest rates to cut back our money supply, which means that's going to go up like we discussed. However, it also means that our money is going to lose value which means that we have to invest our money, right? We have to invest our money so that it increases faster than infl- inflation. And when that happens, that means that the value of our money, right? They, the, our portfolio balance is gonna increase, increase dramatically from where it is today, just to keep up with inflation, which means that we're gonna be ta- paying taxes on higher rates. And if Congress does not increase the tax brackets to keep pace with inflation, which right now the tax code is set up to do that. However, in 2026, that provision is set to expire. And so all Congress has to do is not renew that. And all of a sudden, everyone's going to find themselves in much higher tax brackets. Wow. So to me, I see, as an, I, I see it as a guarantee that tax brackets will have to go up. Congress will have to find more ways of gathering tax revenue. So anything that you can do today to position yourself to not pay taxes in the future, I think will pay off. However, you got to be smart about it, right? There's going to be lots of zealots out there telling you that you should be doing this Roth conversions, that you should be prepaying money on taxes, but you got to be smart about it. If prepaying that money in taxes is going to push you up into the highest tax bracket today, then what did you gain yourself?
2: Makes sense. We just have time for one more question. We're just about out of time. So if someone is worried about their taxes going up in retirement, and you said they almost assuredly will, and they want to take advantage of the low taxes, what can they do right now?
3: So Roth conversions is one of the primary ways of taking advantage of of the low tax rates. So Roth conversion is a two-step process. Step number one is we're gonna withdraw the money from your IRA, and we're going to transfer it to a Roth IRA. When that happens, it becomes considered taxable income. So let's say you're making $50,000 this year, and you transfer $200,000 from your IRA or your 401k to a Roth IRA, your income for this year is gonna be $250,000. Mm. Right, it's going to increase by that amount that you did the conversion. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars is not a small amount. That can easily push you up into the highest tax bracket. Now, when that happens, you're going to have to pay taxes on that two hundred thousand on that two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the proportion of tiers that it's in. Because we don't, we have a tiered tax system. It's not a flat tax system. So you're not going to pay, you know, the highest tax bracket on everything, but you're gonna pay higher taxes. So you need to be strategic about how you do it and when you do it. You also, if you've got positions that have lost value because of these, this volatile market, then you wanna convert those because when you convert those, you're converting it at a lower rate, right? a lower value. If your stock went down by 20%, convert it and you're gonna end up paying 20% less in taxes and then the position's gonna recover and it's gonna recover tax-free. So I think that doing Roth conversions is very smart. I think doing tax loss harvesting, which can help you offset some of that, can be very beneficial. I think making sure that when you're doing these Roth conversions, you're doing it in a smart, strategic way is critically important. And then Congress is going to take some time to get their act together. So we want to be smart about it, but we want to be aggressive about it as well.
2: We got to leave it right there, libel. Thanks so much for being with us. If you like more information, go to yields4u.com. Yields, the number four, the letter u.com. This is libel on fire.
1: That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show, dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at fire slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit Libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Cople Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.